Welcome to a, another episode of No Buts About It. I have a very grainy camera for some reason, and Chuss, it has a great camera still in his basement uh, where he always is. He's not actually allowed to leave the basement ever. Um, we've got a great show planned here. Uh, we're going to talk about Monday Night Football, which by the time this is up, Monday Night Football will already be happening, but it is 7.32 p.m. right now, so... We have not yet seen the game, so our predictions are still predictions. Uh, Then we're going to talk about the Miami Dolphins and Tyreek Hill, 49ers and the Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then, of course, Sunday night football. So uh, stick around for all that. Let's get right into it. First off, Monday night football, we have the L.A. Chargers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh Lots of fantasy implications on the line tonight. Both some very good offenses at times, both very bad offenses at other times. So, uh, Chuss, what do you think we're going to see tonight? Uh, You know what? I mean, based on the pace this week that we've seen, I feel like it's just going to be a defensive matchup again. I feel like the offenses aren't going to get going as much as everybody hopes for for offense and for their fantasy teams. And I think if you want the Chargers defense in your lineup or the Dallas Cowboys defense in your lineup, you probably have a good shot at getting probably more points than uh, a lot of the offensive players this coming week. So, um, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm just predicting. I'm predicting that the offenses are going to tank just because, like, I mean, there's going to be some players that boom, obviously. I mean, you know, for all we know, it could be Eckler because Eckler's coming back off of that big injury that he had for the last four or five weeks. Um, or it could be like somebody as, you know, Josh really wants this to happen. Keenan Allen, you know, maybe it'll be Keenan Allen, but I feel like it's still going to be a really low week just because I feel like a lot of the scores this week were very low, not the fantasy points per se, but just production was very low. And a lot of these scores were weak and none of the games were that fun to watch. This week kind of sucked. Chess, Chess um, is in emo mode because the Steelers didn't play this week, so he's mad at I everyone. mean, well, <laughs> even though the Steelers didn't play, like I feel like I, I was just hoping for a game that I could be like, wow, this game was great to watch. But most of them were like, okay. I mean, the, the best game might have been like Eagles-Jets, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and I can't even talk about that because Stan's not here because yeah. Stan has a lot to say. So Stan can't even, you know, I can't even talk about that game. So just an, I'm very emo right now. We do have very Stan, angry. the Stan, the jet fan coming to give his thoughts on the New York jets game though. And the New York giants game. I know he had thoughts about that. That'll be later in the week though. Um, yeah. So tonight I'm, I'm kind of excited for this game. I really like Austin Eckler. He's kind of a favorite player of mine. That is a non bangle. So I'm excited to finally have him back. I do need Keenan Allen to like become a superhero tonight to win in one of my fantasy leagues. So if he could pull that off, that'd be great. Um, Justin Herbert, I feel like not a, I, I feel like he hasn't really been in the media a lot. I feel like he's just there. Um, usually he's one of yeah. those quarterbacks who's always hyped up. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, though, has been in the media as a coach who's on the hot seat. A lot of people think that this might be his last year, and he hasn't been there. He's only been there for two or three years, I think. But uh, his decision-making has definitely been brought into question as a head coach. And then, of course, you have Mike McCarthy, who is the Cal- the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Um, the Kalahari Cowboys. The, I don't know what I was about to say. But uh, he, he has had decision-making issues as well. So this could be a game that comes down to decision making with the coaches. Uh, Monday night or Sunday night football kind of came down to that a little bit as well. Um, I so last week we thought we were going to see a great game with the Cowboys. We thought Cowboys versus 49ers that was going to be huge, um, and it wasn't. The 49ers just absolutely killed the Cowboys' offense and their defense, which is the Cowboys' strong point. Um, There's been a lot of debate of whether CeeDee Lamb is being used properly as a wide receiver one. And honestly, I get it. He's not, we don't really see a lot of him as you would expect with like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. um, I would normally say Devontae Adams, but he's also been not really being used in the Raiders offense. So 
Maybe we'll see some production from CD Lamb tonight. Uh, to kind of shut up the haters. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the problem is, is like I, I just don't know what's going on with both these teams. I mean, Justin Herbert's had very good production. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he only th- against Las Vegas that was his first interception he had had like the entire season. He's at like I think seven or eight touchdowns, one interception. I mean, he's he's had really good numbers, but like they just they're just not that good of a team. Um, and like Dallas, they're just so inconsistent. And the problem that I have with them is that they could, they, they have all the potential in the world to go to the Super Bowl, like all the Cowboys fans were saying week one, <laughs> but like, I just feel like there's just something missing. And I've said it before, but like, I just don't know what's missing in Dallas. I just don't know what's missing there. I mean, I feel like, you know, you could say it's quarterback, but I, I still think Dak's not bad. You could say, you know, maybe, you know, the o-line or something else but like tony pollard's good cd lamb is good you know dak prescott isn't terrible i mean he's better than some of these quarterbacks that you know are out in the league as backups or whatever i mean he's he's better than a lot of these quarterbacks out there um but i don't know i mean i i I do think the cowboys will win but i don't i don't know i I, it's just really tough to tell what the production is going to be you think the cowboys i'm gonna take the chargers i think Austin Eckler, you got him back. Um, You're kind of adjusted to not having Mike Williams by now. uh, Josh Palmer is in there. He's, I think he's questionable, but it sounds like he's going to play that rookie Quentin Johnson. I think he's been doing pretty okay. Uh, I think the chargers can pull it off here. I think Khalil Mack will have another good game and uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the uh, chargers on this one i mean i mean yeah i mean i don't think that it would be a situation where the chargers you know if they won it would be like some ground earth-breaking thing that happened because i it's not that because like the chargers are two and two it's not like there's some i mean they're just okay i mean i feel like they definitely could use some work on different points on their team but they're not a terrible team the cowboys should be way higher than they are right now but are three and two and have lost two games that just just are so disappointing. Like the San Francisco game had so much hype to it. Granted, even with the the San Francisco 49ers winning that game, like you got to th- you in some some way you had to have at least believed going into that game that maybe the Cowboys would be the first team to beat Brock Purdy in the regular season. And they ended up getting <laughs> smoked. Like how, how, <laughs> and then this week, which we'll get into, they freaking lose to Cleveland. And that puts up the debate now because my dad, who listens to the show a lot, wanted to throw in the debate that he thinks that Cleveland probably has one of the best defenses maybe in the entire league. Well, I know since, I mean, it's, since we're there, I mean, it's, since we're there, let's just go there. Uh, 49ers versus Browns. And I, I kind of agree with your dad. I think Jim Schwartz is probably the best pickup that the Cleveland Browns made in the off season. Because their defense dismantled the 49ers offense, which is not which granted, you're gonna say Christian McCaffrey got hurt, Trent Williams got hurt, Debo Samuel got hurt, which uh Debo Samuel shoulder and Trent Williams ankle day to day. Trent Williams finished out the game. Christian McCaffrey's getting an MRI. We'll just address that now. But the Cleveland Browns, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this about them. They also had injuries that mattered. Deshaun Watson to PJ Walker, there's a drop off there. And the game they didn't win the game because of PJ Walker. They won the game despite PJ Walker. Nick yeah. Chubb, who is arguably before he got hurt the best running back this season, wasn't out there. Jerome Ford was out there. Another huge drop off. I think they had a ton of injuries on their offensive line. David Njoku's playing with burns on his face, which he's out there, but I'm sure that's not fun. The The Browns' defense looked very good, and Miles Garrett won on 31% of his snaps against Trent Williams, which is the highest amount that Trent Williams has given up, which, granted, Trent Williams is injured, but an injured Trent Williams, if he's still out there, is as good as your average offensive tackle because Trent Williams is insane. Yeah. The Browns defense came in. They knew 
where the holes were before Christian McCaffrey got hurt because they were dominating before Christian McCaffrey got hurt, before Debo got hurt. And then when those guys got hurt, they were like, oh, now they're Swiss cheese on offense. And I, I think they knew what to do and they won the game. And not only that, they showed the rest of the NFL that the 49ers can be beaten. Because I talked about this last week. Looking at the Bengals' schedule, yes, they've got the 49ers. Yes, they've got the Chiefs and the Bills. They've got a bunch of hard teams, Ravens, whatever. The only team on there that scared me was the 49ers. And now they don't scare me as much, especially if CMC and Debo are out. Well, yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is this is maybe what derails the 49ers season. Maybe. I mean, it's like you said, it's definitely interesting that you said that San Francisco losing makes everybody in the NFL realize that they are beatable because I knew like deep down that the Eagles were beatable and they lost this week. And we can't, we'll talk about that with, with Stan later on in the week, but I knew that the Eagles were beatable. It was just a matter of when San Francisco, the way that they were winning games it almost felt like they were unbeatable. Like there was going to be no team to stop them. And granted injuries plagued a lot of the game yesterday. And yes, Moody did end up missing that kick. And there was like a lot of factors with it, but nonetheless, I mean, San Francisco still lost the game and Brock Purdy did not look good regardless of like CMC and everything else. Like you should expect from like a star quarterback, like Brock Purdy is expected to be your, you know, franchise guy type thing. You know, we've talked about Brock Purdy multiple times before, but going like 10 for 31 and not like, you know, producing at all. Like it just reminds me of, you know, some college football out there. He's, he's back to, you know, throwing, you know, like some of these freaking pit quarterbacks are. And, you know, and I'm, I'm dissing on pit because, you know, I love my boys at pit, but, you know, Phil, you know, Dracovic threw like 10 for 30. It was like 10 of 31 and, you know, and had like three touchdowns against Cincinnati still lost the game. But like, it's just, nonetheless, it's like, you're going back to like numbers like that. And it makes you wonder, it's like, yes, you know, the injuries plagued it. How good is Cleveland's defense? How bad is Brock Purdy? How good is Brock Purdy? Because if Brock Purdy, because we've talked about this before, you know, you take Brock Purdy out of that and you throw in just another quarterback. Will they do just as good in that scheme? Probably. Is Brock Purdy as good as we think he is? Or, I mean, the big test will be this week. San Francisco's mm-hmm. not on by, correct? They're not on no, by this I week. Don't, no, they're playing the Vikings, actually. Yeah, so regardless of, you know, the Vikings, because the Vikings are very mediocre this year. They're not very eventful. You know, they beat the freaking Bears 19-13 to 13 in a very uh, exhausting and a big yawn of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it, it, do, it this will be his big test because if Debo and Christian McCaffrey are rolled out, he'll have to rely on Kittle and a lot of those other backup guys. And if he still doesn't produce the same way, against Minnesota, who doesn't have the best defense in comparison to Cleveland, then maybe you should really consider, you know, your future. Because, like, granted, Brock Purdy is good. Don't get me wrong. Brock Purdy is good. But is he used to, like, would he be used to in the future, like, when these guys retire or they move on or whatever, will he be able to produce again? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I might be jumping to conclusions here because, like I said, Cleveland's defense is – very very good and my dad did say it and it and the reason i got mad about it is just because it pains me to say that cleveland has something good on their team because me and josh both can agree that cleveland has always been the stinker of the afc up until recently all of a sudden and like more recently they obviously you know even made it to the close to the top of the division a couple years ago beat the steelers in the wild card they've had good teams and now they're you know, back on a train where they definitely could make playoffs this year. Yeah, no, it, the Cleveland Browns. So something I've noticed a lot of in the media today was a lot of the talking heads were saying, well, it was raining. So that's why Brock Purdy, like he couldn't hold on to the ball and he fumbled and okay. Yeah. That probably had an effect. You know, who wasn't allowed to have that excuse is Joe Burrow when they played week one. People brought that up, and everyone was like, well, Joe Burrow's supposed to be this elite guy. He should be able to deal with the rain. So is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's yeah. supposed to be this great guy. So, okay, let's 
I'm willing to grant them both the rain issue, but they're both, both quarterbacks have that. And Deshaun Watson played like crap in week one too, because of the rain. However, now that we've got the rain issue out of the way, we've got to see what has been consistent with the Cleveland Browns. What have they been doing that is allowing them to, if not win, stay in these games. And it's their defense. Their defense has been very good in every game that they have played. Miles Garrett is a beast. They've got great corners who uh, Ward, I believe, is still on there. A greedy Williams. Um, they've got great players. They just have never had a schemer. They've never had someone who could put them where they needed to be and get them to the quarterback break help them break up stuff the way they needed to. Now they have that in Jim Schwartz and these guys' talent is being used where it needs to be. So I do think we have to give the Cleveland Browns credit as one of the top defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it it definitely goes without saying that they are. I mean their worst game. And I mean, like all defenses and offenses and teams have really bad games here and there. I think their worst game this season so far was that Ravens win when they beat them 28 to three. I mean, the offense really couldn't get going. They couldn't really stop Baltimore. But I mean, if you go back and you look at all of the games, I mean, three of their games have all been division games and they've lost two division games, one against the Ravens and one against the Steelers. The Steelers game, that was just like the biggest bloodbath I've ever seen in my life. Like that game was crazy because it was just a bunch of defense, defense, defense. Um, And the Ravens game. And then like even like, you know, week one, you know, Joe Burrow was still dealing with that injury. Um, It's a calf injury, right? Yeah. It was a calf injury. A calf yeah, he was dealing with that calf injury. And like, you know, they shut that they shut down the Bengals week one and they only let them up three. But I mean, like even then, like they, they only allowed three against the Titans. You know, they, they really were you know stopping on san francisco like this this defense is very good and i will say this like if cleveland can stay consistent and yes maybe they lose some of their division games down the road here like obviously they're one and two in the division right now but they're still three and two overall i mean they might be in for a good season i mean granted we never know what happens in these division games because you could expect one thing and then the other thing happens Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for all you know, like, you know, the I don't I don't even know. I mean, like, it's just one of those things where you just you honestly just really never know when it comes to division games. When it comes to not like non-division game stuff, you can kind of have an idea. This week, it was very hard to predict because obviously nobody expected both five and other teams to go down. But division games are very different. So once Cleveland starts rolling for the rest of the season, um I definitely think that the defense and everything will definitely be able to figure out some stuff here. So, so. yeah, I, I'm just going to finish it off with the Browns defense is not something to be overlooked. So Cleveland Browns fans, congrats. Um, moving on. Let's go to one of the other five and one teams. Uh, we got the Miami dolphins and mm. kind of looked like they were going to lose to, uh, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers and Frank Reich has now given up his uh, play calling duties. He's allowing the new, the offensive coordinator down there to do that. Let me check for any injuries on that game. No injury updates there on that, but uh, yeah, Frank Reich, he's saying can't do this offensive coordinator take over. Uh, Chuss, what were your thoughts on that game? You know, at one point, I really thought that the Panthers may win it. I mean, at one point, they were up, I believe, 14 nothing, and I was like, oh, my goodness, Miami is having a midseason meltdown, and it's only week, week five. And I was, you know, crapping myself because I was like, I can't believe the Dolphins are about to lose to the 0-5 Panthers after all this hype around the Dolphins. Next thing you know, I check, and, you know, pops up on my screen. I think it might have been halftime or whatever. Dolphins were up 21-14. I was like, all right, well, so much for that. And then next thing you know, it's, what, 42-14 final, 42-21 final? I mean, they they only had maybe one more touchdown after that. But I was like, oh, my gosh. They, like, I mean, Adam Thielen is the only player on that team that ever sees the ball. I mean, like in Carolina. Yeah. And my, like, the Miami team is sick. Like, it's gross. Like, you know, Achani goes out with an injury, and Mostert has three touchdowns. You know, Tyreek Hill, which we'll talk about in a minute, almost at a thousand yards. You no, know, Waddle's still doing good. 
Tua's doing great. You know, that that offense is nuts over there in Miami. And then you got freaking Carolina over here who has Bryce Young, who has all the potential in the world to be a great quarterback. But the only guy here he's able to throw to is freaking Adam Thielen. <laughs> and Adam Thielen is, don't get me wrong, I love Adam Thielen because homie is killing it for me in fantasy right now. He's getting like 25 points a week. But like, geez, Louise, man, I feel bad because like Adam Thielen's <laughs> going to like get hurt out there, man. Like he's just going to be, he's like 30 targets a game, I swear. Yeah, I think I, Thielen was a undrafted free agent too, which makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. When he was brought to the Vikings um, in 2019, I believe. So he, I mean, he's always been good, but to have him be the only guy that you're throwing to in Carolina, that's definitely not. He's getting hit a lot. That's not fun. Um, yeah, he's 33, so yeah. he's not he's not young. So, I mean, he's only going to be in the league maybe, I mean, what, two more years maybe? I mean, most wide receivers start retiring after 35, 36. The fact that he's having such a great year this year is insane. I mean, he's been so injury-plagued in the past. He's already at 509 yards and four touchdowns. I'm a moron. He was, he's been in the league since 2013. I don't know why I said – he was undrafted what, in 2013. I have no idea why what, I thought What was, year – what year did you say? 2019. I'm. Oh yeah, the, you were way yeah, way. I was off. off on that one. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea where that came from, but I'm, yeah, I'm, no, he he he's an old boy. He he's an old guy because I remember him back way back in my my early years of fantasy football. So. <laughs> so yeah, we talked about the like Raheem Mostert going off, and usually he's the guy getting hurt and having someone else replace him. So I'm sure it was nice to have that game for him. But the Miami Dolphins, the guy who has been leading that team, arguably the most important non-quarterback player in the NFL, and we can debate that. The four of us probably all have different guys. Tyreek Hill, 300-yard, or it is being predicted by someone on YouTube under a video that I made about the race to 2000 that I'll put a link to that he will have a 300-yard game this season. Now, the closest he has gotten to 300 yards this season so far is against the Chargers in week one. He had a 215-yard game. He is already got 814 total yards this season, and it is week six. Do you, you So you think Cheetah could have 300, a 300-yard 300 game? So... There's a guy on our YouTube page who does, and I think that it's possible. At this I don't point. think it's. I don't think it's impossible. I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's likely. very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's impossible at the rate he's going. I mean, I feel like in my heart, I feel like he's definitely going to have another 200 plus game coming up. I don't know when it'll be, but it'll it'll come up again. He'll probably get like 246 yards or something ridiculous. And, you know, I, I don't know if he'll necessarily get that close or maybe he will get close, but having 300 yards in a game, you know, you're, you're going on pace to break so many records. Like he is on pace to just crush so many things. And it makes you wonder, like, could, could he end up as MVP? I know it's insane to say, but like, if he ends up like crushing a bunch of records, gets a bunch of touchdowns, he has two three, you know, maybe even four 200-plus-yard games. It's really hard to debate that. I know Cooper Cup was, like, really close, and I'm surprised he got nixed that year that he had, like, 28 touchdowns or something like that. But I wonder. I do wonder because it does make you – it really – I wouldn't overlook Tyreek Hill for that. I know they probably will give it to, like, Patrick Mahomes or something because they think he's, like, the I best saw thing that. since I bread. Did you see that, that he has the best odds to get the MVP right now? He has I saw not that, yeah. been playing. He's not MVP. good. He's not good this year. He's he hasn't good, been but good. he hasn't been playing Patrick Mahomes level. And, no, and, and I will agree with that. I mean, granted, yes, he has some poopy wide receivers, but that doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I don't think he deserves MVP. These games suck that he's playing. I don't want to watch Patrick Mahomes beat the Broncos 19 to eight. I want to watch Patrick Mahomes destroy teams 35 to six. Like what happened? Pat? Yeah, And Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's over here stealing cell phones, doing backflips and then handing them back, getting penalized for it. That was awesome. I want to see more of that. Um, back in the day when Tyreek Hill was still with, uh, 
Kansas City. Imagine, imagine how crazy Kansas City would be with that. Yeah. They probably wouldn't even utilize him as much as Miami is. Dude, so he he's averaging 135 yards per game. I just did the math. Um, he no no wide receiver has ever gotten 2,000 yards in the regular season. The closest yeah. anyone got was Megatron, and he was like 15 yards off with 16 games. So you're going to say like, oh, but he has 17 games now. No, this is still insane. That is still an insane. You need to get two. Let's see. Two, what's 2,000 divided by 17? Let's do the math real quick. 117 yard average per game. And he's, he's got that right now. He's ahead of that. So he's on pace. And he said he was going to do it. Justin Jefferson said he was going to do it. But now he's on IR. Um, there's someone in that video who I think could possibly do it. But go watch the video to find that out. You could, yeah, you could watch that. But Tyreek Hill has been doing phenomenal. I think he should be in the running for MVP. What do you what do you pause? Hold up. What do you pause? Notification going into MNF. Austin Eckler's helmet knocked off as Chargers Cowboys throw hands and warm-ups ahead of Monday Night Football. Whoa, we've already got us a fight going. And then what after Eck? Yeah, in his game. His... What is with these these teams that don't usually fight or fighting? The 49ers and the Browns were fighting too, and now we got Yeah. Yeah, because this was um yeah, that was reported by ESPN, so I just got the notey for that. You can't come crazy. you can't come after Eckler like that. That's my man. You better not touch Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen needs. I don't know. Maybe Keenan Allen like hurt his nose or something during the getting punched or something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that would have been like Keenan Allen breaks nose and fight against Cowboys. I don't don't know. I feel like Chargers rally against the Cowboys after pregame fight. That's what we need to see. Yeah, but it's just very interesting. It just popped up one minute ago. But, so yeah, I think I think Tyreek Hill should be in the MVP conversation. I think Christian McCaffrey should be in the MVP conversation, barring any major setbacks with this injury. Um, probably me. Sam Laporta should definitely be in the Rookie of the Year conversation, and I have not seen that really. I've only seen C.J. Stroud as the Rookie of the Year, but these non-quarterback yeah, Laporta... positions are getting some hate, and I like the non-quarterback positions. Got to give them some love. I mean, I definitely think, yeah, I mean, like, Stroud's definitely, like, got to be the favorite. But, like, if Stroud falls off, you got to give it to Laporta, man. <laughs> like, you got to give it. it. Laporta is just goaded. <laughs> I don't know why, but he's just doing so good he's, for some reason this he's year. He's doing great. The whole, all the Lions are. And we'll have Alvarado on to talk about that. But, I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill has been fantastic. Um, love watching him. He's great player to watch very athletic very fast very cocky and i love it um i'm gonna look up i'm curious now has a tight end ever won rookie of the year uh no tight end has ever won this award so sam laporta would be the first so sam freaking laporta gonna start pushing for that um moving on Unless you had something I, else to say? I, I was just going to read off Sam Laporta's stats. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he's, he's fan, goaded. We're going to fangirl. 29, reception, 29 receptions, 325 yards, three touchdowns. As a tight end. As a rookie As tight, a tight end. end. Rookie tight end. Yes. He's had some great fantasy numbers, though. I kid you not. He averages 11.2 fantasy, yards. Fantasy rookie of the year for from No Buts About It. Sam Laporta. Um, let's move on to... My favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Seahawks, pretty good. Pretty good team, I'd say. I got DK Metcalf. I got Tyler Lockett. got uh, Kenneth Walker. got Geno Smith at quarterback, who's pretty decent. Um, I, I think their secondary is underrated. Uh, they've got Jamal Adams back now. They've got Quand- or Quandry Diggs. You've got... Uh, Spoon Witherspoon, of course, who I've hyped up the before. Spoon. The Spoon, and then Tariq Woolen. I mean, I saw Bengals fans talking. They're like, "Seattle secondary sucks. We've got this." I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, no, we we don't we don't have this. This isn't an easy win," and it wasn't. Uh, Bengals offense in the first half looked phenomenal. Loved it. Saw Jamar Chase getting open. He was wearing his 7-Eleven chain because he's always open. Um, T saw a little bit of love. 
Uh, we got birthday touchdown, his first touchdown of the season for Yoshi, our rookie. Uh, Joe Burrow, while everyone else was celebrating, Joe went and got the ball for him to make sure he had that, which I thought was an awesome move. Um, so Yoshi got his first touchdown. But he wasn't the only one having a birthday. Cam Taylor Britt, second-year cornerback, had a great game. He was everywhere. He had a pick six last week. This week he had an interception. I mean, he it was his birthday too, and he was celebrating out there on the field. I mean, he was so fun to watch. And the Bengals' defense, they, uh, they came up when they needed to. The offense in the second half didn't look great. I don't really know what happened. Um, I don't know if they just decided to make no halftime adjustments or if the Seahawks' halftime adjustments were just better. The Bengals' defense, though, they they did what they had to. Trey Hendrickson, uh, he sacked Geno Smith like once or twice that I can think of. I think the stat was that the Seahawks made it to the red zone like five times in the second half and only put up points twice, and I think they were both field goals. So, yeah, that's awesome. For the Bengals defense. Uh, I Trey Hendrickson is top five in sacks right now. He has six. He's tied for second with Khalil Mack. They're all tied for second behind TJ Watt. But um, I I think the Bengals the Bengals can be back going on going into the bye week. We're back to five hundred. And uh, we got the 49ers coming up. Who can now be beaten? We have shown that they can be beaten. Chuss, I know you said you watched a little bit of the game because your dad refused to watch the Browns 49ers game. So Yeah, he said, he said, and I quote, you couldn't pay me to watch that game, end quote. So the, the difference here is I forced my dad to watch the game because I was like, I'm like over here like watching the Browns 49ers game, and I was like, this is historic. No one ever thought that the Cleveland Browns with PJ Walker would beat Brock Purdy's 49ers. And then the kick like was getting lined up and my dad's like, okay, we can go. The 49ers have won. And I was like, no, this isn't over. He might miss. I got a feeling he's going to miss. And dad's like, they never miss this. He they missed. Miss. He missed. And I, my jaw dropped open. Like it was the most excited I've ever been about a non Bengals, <laughs> non Colts game. I was like, this is wild. Yeah, I mean, you reminded me, like, with the jaw drop reminded me of uh, Houston beating West Virginia on Saturday with a uh, last-second Hail Mary by Houston. Um, West Virginia lost to Houston (laughs) by a long bomb, and it's kind of funny because uh, West Virginia fans were really hyping up their team this year, and I don't think they're as good as they think they are. What, What about the Bengals? Are the Bengals as good as they think they are? Um, well, for me, I think that the Bengals are showing a lot more promise this year because, you know, considering that they did not start off real hot. I mean, you guys were what, uh, what, what was your record? One and three, oh, and three, oh, and three. And then we beat the Rams and then we lost the Titans. Yeah. Well, you're not three, you're not three and four. So we're three and three now. Yeah. Well, you. Nonetheless, the way that you said it was that you were 0-3 and, and then you beat the Rams and then you oh, lost again. maybe we were 1-2 and, and, and then lost to the – yeah, okay. I don't remember the order. Anyway, we – Yeah, but stopped. nonetheless, like you guys had a losing record fourth in the AFC North and now you guys are like climbing back up. It shows a little bit of promise. Now, I do think that – I don't know what's going on, but I do think that you guys – I don't know what it is, but I do think you guys need to work on some things because you like some of these games you should be winning – like a little bit more than you should like that than you are mm-hmm. like Seattle maybe not but like you know some of these points at the beginning of the season were like lackluster I mean you guys beat Arizona which it's like it's Arizona <laughs> I mean <laughs> I I don't know how I mean you know I know Joe would probably say that Arizona is not the the greatest team in the world right now um but they have the potential to be good eventually um but I think that, you know, I mean, I, I do think that whenever you guys have like a big schedule coming up this, you know, these couple of weeks with San Francisco, I think these will be like some real big tests for you guys. I think this will really be able to tell is Joe Burrow back? Is the injury still lingering? 
you know, can T Higgins and Jamar chase and all these guys get going like they used to last year and stuff like that, because this team has the potential. It's just, something's just not working. And I can't tell you what it is. Cause I'm not a Bengals fan, but just something's not working right. Like right now, but maybe it'll start heating up. And right now you guys are heating up. Like if you guys would have lost again, you know, to Seattle and you guys would have fell to three, two and four, I would have been like, Josh, you guys are in trouble right now, but I, I don't think you guys are as in as much trouble as you think. And I really think the AFC North is up for grabs for literally any one of the four teams. Like, I, I, I mean, literally the Bengals could still win it. I mean, the Ravens obviously are the favorites to win it. I could, I, you know, I could see the Browns winning it with their defense and heck I could freaking see even the Steelers just, jumping in just at the end being like oh yeah we're 10 we're 11 and 6 oh 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 shoot somehow our defense got us in like it's it's not impossible and i think our division like the fact that pretty much no yeah nobody in our division has a losing record right now you guys are 500 and everybody else is either is above their 500 so because we're three and two the ravens are what three four and two uh Bengals are three and three browns are three and two steelers three and two Ravens three and two or four and two. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody has a, a winning, re- like has a record that is not, it's not a losing record. So I really feel like that division is up for grabs for literally anybody. It's just, a, it's just a matter of who's going to play better ball. The two main concerns I have are the tight end position because Irv Smith has been doing nothing. And uh, yeah, I don't know what's his, what's his problem. Our practice squad tight end uh, Tanner Hudson looked better when he played, in my opinion. Andrew Sample has stepped up a little bit, but I'd like to see more from Tanner Hudson personally. But I don't know if the Bengals are willing to do that because Irv Smith was signed this offseason. And then uh, Cordell Volson has not been looking the way I've been wanting him to look at the left guard. I think he's the left guard position. He's definitely yeah. a guard. And that middle is just very weak. Uh, furthermore... Orlando Brown Jr. had a groin injury during the Seahawks game, our left tackle, which wasn't great because the backup was Cody Ford. And if you've ever watched Cody Ford play, there is quite a drop-off between Orlando Brown Jr. and Cody Ford. I've been doing this a lot. The ba- the depth is not great. Um, you got <laughs> put that on a shirt. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> but I think – the 49ers will definitely be a challenge. And that is a game that I assumed we would lose already. But now I'm kind of like, now that it's been shown how to beat them, maybe, 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 maybe we win. And that's maybe that's a big. So you guys play the 49ers. What this week then? No, we're on by this week. And the next week we play next week okay because we come off by this week and we play the rams so i'm hoping so, i'm hoping orlando's back because otherwise nick bosa is just gonna murder joe burrow if orlando joe burrow back. might be sent back to that calf injury so yeah. let's hope that that doesn't happen but um but yeah i mean it'll be a real test but you're gonna have no Bengals football this week how are you going to contain yourself how am i going to contain myself well the, the my number two team is the indianapolis colts so let me before I sound like a complete moron, let me make sure they're actually playing this week. Uh, I'll definitely think, be watching. I think, I think they are. Yeah, they are. They're playing the Browns. So that should be a decent uh, uh, That should be interesting. After they Gardner got... M- Minshew's going to go in again. After they got beat by the Jaguars 37-20, to 20, Gardner Minshew's going to want to make up for that. Maybe he, he'll get a taste of this Browns defense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that game was definitely interesting, though. He threw for fifth, like 53 attempts. And he had 350 passing yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. It was just the most random. I don't know why Indianapolis decided that they just weren't going to run the ball, but they were just like, nah, we're just going to keep throwing it. Jonathan Taylor so. hasn't been the rushing leader either of the weeks that he's been back. This year, this week, even though Zach Moss only had 21 yards, he had the rush. He was the rushing leader on the team. Uh, Gardner Minshew threw for three interceptions as well, so that definitely didn't help. Um, no, but that's beyond, but he still had 53 attempts. So it makes you, it's like, that means that 53 plays were passes. Yeah. That's that's, insane. That's not good either, but that's, that's beyond the point. That's probably how I'm going to fill my time watching the Colts game. And then whatever other games are on. Um, I know how I filled my time last night though. 
That was watching Sunday Night Football. I did not watch Sunday Night Football. (laughs) New York Giants versus the Buffalo Bills. And this is just another game where you think it's going to be a blowout. Because the Giants weren't good when Daniel Jones was the quarterback. And then they're coming into Buffalo, one of the hardest stadiums to play in, to play against an offense that, yes, they're coming back from London. Yes, they're coming back from a loss in London. But you're still like, they can beat the Giants. And the Giants were starting Justin straight off the couch pew at left tackle or at left guard. And then he got moved to left tackle because the left tackle got hurt. So you're thinking, yes, okay, he's going up against Von Miller. The Bills' defense is beat up. They've got a lot of injuries. But you've got straight off the couch going against Von Miller. That's probably not going to go well. And it didn't for the most part. But at the same time, they still won with Tyrod Taylor in it quarterback. And not only that, something I noticed, Tyrod Taylor seemed to remember that Darren Waller is on the team. He did. He did. And they didn't technically win, but they still won in, in, in our hearts. The Giants didn't what? The Giants didn't the Giants didn't win, dude. Oh no, you're right. I'm like, why did I I got so hyped about that? Yeah, they, you, they you were, were like, winning. And they got the win. They were and I winning. was like, they did not win. They were <laughs> they, they were winning. <laughs> they, they were winning. winning. They were winning. But they did not win. You're Buffalo right. did end up winning. Um, sorry to break the, the news to anybody <laughs> out there listening that did not watch Sunday Night Football, but the Bills did win. The Giants did not. Tyrod Taylor did put up a good fight and did realize that Darren Waller does exist, which we do appreciate. And maybe Tyrod Taylor should start for the Giants. If you ever wanted proof that this show isn't scripted, there you have it. Yeah, I'm just re- like... Oh man. I mean, at one point, yeah, it was like six, nothing at the end of the third quarter. So I can see why you thought that, but also I don't know. I, 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 we were just looking at scores though. I don't know. I, I, that's just wild. Well, here, here's where my head was. I was thinking of the final play and I was like, should have been a touchdown Oh, because that was clear PI the first time clear the second time. I think he should have had a third shot. And, uh, Terry McCauley, the rules analyst, they're like doing it. And they're like, nope, that didn't really impede his catch. And then Chris Collinsworth got on and he did his analysis and he was a wide receiver. And he's looking yeah. at it and he said, well, he pulls his entire left arm down. And then Terry McCauley pops back on and goes, you know, actually, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Like, like he, they were in the same boat. I was like, dude, come on. No, like, yeah, that's ridiculous. But the fact that's ridiculous. The Giants defense held. The Buffalo Bills to only 14 points, though. And there's something to be said about that, I think. Because yeah. Stefan Diggs, Diggs still had a pretty good night as well. I don't really know why they couldn't, why they weren't doing well in the red zone. But that's where the Giants defense was seeming to uh, cook things up. I know Stan has a lot of thoughts about this game from the Giants perspective. So I kind of want to mainly look at the Bills perspective. And I think if you're the Bills, you're kind of worried at this point because they've, they have this aura of like one of the juggernaut teams in the NFL, but I'm not really seeing that with them. I don't think, I mean, are you not worried if you're the Bills? No, I am because the Bills look like they're this. Okay. They look like they're there. They look, eh. They look shaky. I'm, I'm not going to, they look shaky. I'm not going to, I mean, that Jets game, I mean, yes, they did have some blowout wins. They de- destroyed Buffalo or Buffalo. They are Buffalo. They destroyed Miami. I mean, there were some games that they won, but there's some games that they really should be winning. I mean, these AFC NFC matchups were crazy this week. I mean, the AFC teams beating the NFC teams and then the giants holding the bills. Like there were some crazy games this week, but I mean, but nonetheless, uh, I don't know. Buffalo just, they haven't shocked me enough. I mean, the bills could be a juggernaut coming out, but like just based on productions over the last couple of seasons and stuff like that in, in the regular season, they look good, but they always fall apart in the playoffs. And this year it's almost like they're wishy-washy even in the season. And that's not good going into playoffs. Now maybe they could light it up. I mean, it's still early on in the season, but it does make you 
a little concerned if you're a Bills fan. I mean, for me, I'm I'm teetering on the edge of I'm not a like obviously I'm not a Bills fan, but I'm teetering on the edge of like they're good, but like how good they are. They remind me of the Cowboys right now. It's like the Cowboys are good, but like how good are they really? How good are the Bills really? I, I mean, I'm even in the same boat with how good are the Chiefs. I mean, I don't I don't know if the Chiefs are even that great. I mean, their record looks awesome, but they're not winning these games like phenomenally. Like they're they're winning it just based on like sometimes it's based on luck, some questionable calls. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot to be said about that. But I think Miami's definitely it definitely could be that powerhouse. Even losing that badly to Buffalo, I still think Miami could be that team. But. Uh, I think I think Miami is a team. And before we kind of move on from the Bills, Monday Night Football is getting started here. Got it pulled up here. But uh, the Bills got Damian Harris. He's out of the hospital. He was carted off of the field on a stretcher in the DeMar Hamlin ambulance. Uh, They've got his number now on after. I can't. I I just think that is so weird that they did that. I mean, like, I I rolled my eyes just because, like, I I don't know why they would find the need to put DeMar Hamlin's, like, number on the back of the ambulances i think he like asked them to if he asked them to okay but like if they did it just just to do it i just feel like that's it i don't know i just feel like that's like not weird it's just like it's it's just it's wrong in a way like i I, I don't know because he's not dead no no i think it was a big part of his like charity and he funded um okay getting cpr training in the nfl absolutely then because like but if if it was something like just Damar Hamlin survived in this one ambulance. It's like, I thought no, that was like just the I dumbest think, thing ever. I think it's more of a that. reminder of like, this is why we do what we do. Okay. It's not, which is so at, much better. Yeah. It's not because like, they, because yeah, social media was posting all about it. I didn't see it, but I was like, why, why? I mean, cause like at the end at that point, it's like, like the, the emergency, like, like it's just, it's just a whole thing. I mean, like I said, I really, you know, the Lamar Hamlin situation was like crazy scary and I'm so glad that he's back playing, but in a way I was just like kind of weirded out by the fact that they had it on the back of the ambulance because, you know, he was carted off on an ambulance and was presumably possibly dead at that point. Mm-hmm. Just thought it was a little wrong, but if there's background behind it like that, like you said, then hundred percent agree with it, but without context, it doesn't, it it, it looks a little strange. Yeah. They, and the broadcast didn't do a great job of explaining it either, in my opinion, but I believe the ambulance is like that as a reminder to the paramedics. Like this is why we're doing what we do. Um, and his charity, which is, I'm forgetting the name of right now. Chasing M's. Yes. Chasing M's has been a big part in, like getting first aid and CPR training to uh, athletic programs, whether it be like your little league or your professional. So I think that was probably involved yeah. in that as well. Which is so good. But like, like I said, that was the only reason why I was like a little perturbed by it. Cause there wasn't a lot of good explaining to do with it. Social media just left out a bunch of context with it. Just it just didn't look right on my end. Well, I was other, like, "What is happening here?" The other problem was they showed that camera angle that showed it for like a second. So I saw a lot of people online thought it was photoshopped, and they thought it was like a messed up joke because people were watch people who were watching the game and like maybe like looked to the side to like grab something and then turn their head back wouldn't have seen it, mm-hmm. and then you see it online all these people are posting like the DeMar Hamlin ambulance. And a lot of people were like, I saw in the comments, like mad though. That's not funny, man. Like you shouldn't be doing that. I was like, no, this is like a real thing. Yeah. This is just, it was very, very confusing. And it's just, that's what I mean. Like it just, it was just really weird. But if it, but if it has meaning behind it, then it makes sense. But we're, we're off topic here. I don't, I just, I went off on that tangent there, but I think it's good to explain that though. Yeah, I mean, because I didn't know. And, hey, you know what? I guess I'm an average fan, and the show is for the average yes. fan. So, all you average fans out there, that's what the ambulance is for. Oh, we 
Got a zero to zero game still first quarter. Uh, I mean, it just started like probably what five minutes ago. I mean, it's eight twenty five. What you were saying something about the ambulance coming out on the field with uh, Pierce? Oh, uh, with Damian Harris. Yeah, he, or, yeah. So just Pierce. so people know, Harris. he is out of the hospital, um, resting at home, according to Sean McDermott. Uh, he did give the thumbs up on his way out, but I mean, obviously everyone's head originally went back to what happened against the Bengals last year with DeMar Hamlin, but it's Damian Harris is back or uh, at least doing okay. So it's good to hear. That's, that's good. That has been a lot worse. And I agree. uh, Well, we had a touchdown, but we also had a flag on the field. Let's see. What what are we going to end the show with? Uh, Number five. It got wiped. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. That's sad. Wanted to end the show with a touchdown. Well, uh, here. Well, no touchdowns for us. I'll read the script while um, doing this. Oh, oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, dang it. Oh, oh. Austin had a 27-yard run from the 30. Maybe, maybe we'll get it. <laughs> we'll get it, people. Maybe keep, keep teasing people here. I want to end the show well, with a touchdown. Come on, Justin. I don't. I don't know. You're gonna be. He's probably gonna cut to commercial before we get a touchdown. No. No. Oh. Okay. I'll start. I'll start reading and I'll cut it. Cut in if there's a touchdown. Uh, okay. So that'll be the end of today's show. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. And if you would like to reach us, you can email us at bullmoosepodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone. These these guys don't want a touchdown. Keenan Allen scored a touchdown. No, he didn't. You're you're behind. How far behind am I? It says live. You're very far behind. For me, it says first quarter, ten minutes, thirty one seconds left. Cameron Dicker made extra point. Oh, I'm ten seconds. Uh, Keenan, yeah, Keenan Allen, eight point one points. So he's he's about to score it on my screen then. Mm-hmm. Touchdown, Keenan Allen! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Have a, have a great day, everyone. <laughs>